I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Thank you for coming back, or thank you for joining us for the first time. We are doing our ups and downs for each episode of Star Trek Discovery this season. It's all fairly straightforward. If we like something, we give it an up. If we don't like something, we send it away. We get rid of it. It's gone. It's down. But overall, what we're going to do is just go through the episode bit by bit. This week, we're looking at episode eight of season three, The Sanctuary. Spoiler straight at the start, and it's going to sound like a bad thing, but it really, really isn't. This episode was fine. It was grand. It was, you know, I, I, I didn't not like it. I didn't love it. It was, I'm trying to think of a few other examples. It was, you know, take the original series episode, Miri. You remember it? It was fine. Take the Next Generation episode, Suspicions. You remember it? It was fine. And I could go on and give more examples like that. And I feel that this is going to go down in Star Trek Discovery history as exactly that. Fine. The reason behind that is not an awful lot happens. Now some stuff does and we're going to go through it now really, really quickly. But this is not me slating this episode, okay? So here we go. Starting with the first up. Our first up of the week goes to, thankfully, the first scene of the episode. Now, this is the scene that was teased last week, and it was also teased in the photos that were released last week. It's the scene between Culber and Giorgio. So we know that something's going on with Giorgio. Now, there was a few suspicions along the way that maybe David Cronenberg, again, he has a character name, don't care. What's better than David Cronenberg? We suspected that he had potentially done something to her that had caused this issue, but it's really getting quite bad at this point. Colbert is quickly becoming one of my favorite doctors in the history of Star Trek. He's completely no-nonsense and he's completely straight talking. One of my favorite exchanges from this entire scene is, if I had time, I'd poison your children. If I had time, I'd have some. Cannot overstate how good Wilson Cruz is in this series. I think he's bringing an absolute blinder of a game. I think the show is better for having him. I think Michelle Yeoh in this scene as well. There's a still a little bit of, I say hammy Giorgio, but that's not actually a criticism against Michelle Yeoh. It's more just, just come on now, give us, give us a little bit more. But 
that's something it doesn't warrant it down I think there's an awful lot more coming with that so overall this scene is an up for me. In the teaser as well, we finally get introduced to Osira, who has been teased for a few episodes now. Now, we know that in this season, the Emerald Chain is going to be the big bad, if you like. Now, we haven't really met much of them yet. We've heard a lot about them from Rin, from Tolor, you know, who are they? What are they doing? Other than, are they just the baddies? And again, the easiest comparison that I can make in Star Trek history is the Orion Syndicate, who, again, we don't really know very well and haven't seen an awful lot of. It's very much like organized crime. But here, meeting Osira for the first time, we get to see there's plenty of uh, metaphorical moustache twirling going on. I mean, she's clearly a villain. There is no nuance to this character. Totally fine. Sometimes it's nice just to have a, you know, a baddie. I was, I was about to say it's nice just to have, you know, an out and out gold Ducat. And then I had to stop myself because he's probably the most fleshed out villain in all of Star Trek history. But we see Osira, what's her first act? She sort of gives herself a slap on the back for being such a good aunt to Tolor, then feeds him to a transworm. I'll, I, mean, I like it. That for me is an up. I like the fact that she's, she's, she's just nasty. She's not here to mince words and she's not here to be anybody's friend. Yeah, that's refreshing. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. I really like this next bit, but I will understand if people didn't like this next bit, and that's picking what word to say. Now, I think if you've been following this series of videos at all, you will know that I am such a fan of Saru. I love Captain Saru. I am loving his arc this season. I'm loving Doug Jones this season. I love Doug Jones. He's going through, what do we say? Is it execute? Is it hit it? Is it manifest? No, 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 no. It's not manifest. Don't do manifest. Manifest is bad. They're walking along. Tilly has stepped into the role of first officer now. And one criticism that I saw of this episode that I actually, I, I think it's fair. It's not gonna get it down, spoiler, but I think it's a fair criticism is that she doesn't yet seem like first officer. She more feels like a yeoman or, you know, some, someone of the Janus Rand ilk as opposed to someone of the Riker ilk. Now, it's not a criticism because this is her like first day. So, you know, total, total understanding there. But I did really enjoy their walk through the corridor. Poor Linus has been confined to quarters because he's shedding. Linus is clearly the kind of background gag of the season, and I'm totally on board with it. And I love just how quickly they shoot down Manifest, hit it belong to Captain Pike. Saru tries execute, the entire bridge sort of looks at him. Yeah, sure, okay, that's, that's sweet, that's inspiring. Sorry, spoiler, up for all of this. I really enjoyed it. I did, I, I was presented with another criticism that says, this is a joke lifted from Lower Decks. And you know what? It is a joke lifted from Lower Decks. I did think it worked. I wouldn't want them to overdo it. But in the moment, yeah, that got a giggle out of me. And that, that, that to me was an up for this scene. This week, who we finally get back 
is Rin. Uh, no, I say finally, it's been two episodes, so. But I do like Rin because he seems already to be a fully fleshed character. And potentially that sounds like a bit of a, a strange thing to say, but when you have a character who's introduced so quickly, you might feel like, are they shoehorned in? Or, you know, are we just to take it for granted that, oh, this person is X or, or, or Y or something, and, and, and that's fine. Then there's a difference when you have somebody who seems to be if he ends up not being a main character and maybe a recurring character, that's okay. Not so much a villain. I suppose this, this goes a little bit against what I said about Osira, but Osira's a villain. We don't really, we don't really need as much of a, a fleshing there because they're not painting her in a 3D way. Rin, they are painting in a 3D way. When you have Rin bursts into the ready room and goes, who's the captain? And also Tilly, brilliant. Obviously, we love the exchange between the two of these because of course they're married in real life and you can see that chemistry straight away. It's the, it's the kind of stuff that, I mean, I won't say you can't act us because I'm absolutely certain you can act us, but it just feels nice. That entire scene, you have Rin who's very, very confident when of course we know he isn't confident and you have the way he speaks to them. He, he really cares, he cares deeply and it's just, it's just really refreshing to have a supporting new character come in like this. I suppose, not entirely unlike Book. I really like Rin in this. Rin is getting an up from me. I really hope that we see more of him. I really hope that he gets a bit more to do. Uh, I will come back to him now in a little while, especially when we talk about him and Detmer. That's a, that, that's a scene that warrants a discussion. But overall for this episode, Great to have him, great to see what he can do. Really, really, really looking forward to more of him. Now guys, we're gonna to come to our first and probably biggest down of the episode. And that down is Book's story. He gets, you know, hailed from his brother Kahim, you know, to come back to the planet of Quajon because the Emerald Chain are on the way. Okay, yeah, fine, solid, solid. Now, what do we know about Book so far? He is very much a conservationist. They're, they're all about protecting animals, protecting the environment. Cool, yeah, totally on board, it's all good. Now we get back to Quajon, we can see that the whole planet is effectively the sanctuary from the name of the episode. Again, all good, all good. And that's it. You know, Osira turns up and she's being a bully and Bully makes people do things, people do things, people have conversations. Now, all right, am I being very harsh? Potentially I am. If you think back to the ups and downs that Trek Culture did for Star Trek Picard, and you will remember the episode Nepenthe, and Adam raised a really good point in that episode. It's that the episode itself was quite good, but where it fell in the season, was not great. And that's the same complaint I have about this episode. It's that this is episode eight of a 13 episode season and it grinds to a halt. Nothing happens. And if it was maybe season or episode two or three, you know, you could kind of forgive that a little bit, but this really does feel like they're running the clock out a little bit, which is a shame because really enjoy David Ajala in this episode. Burnham is really good in this episode. She she feels 
like the way you would expect a Starfleet officer to act in this episode. She goes along as an observer. Y yes, of course, she does get involved in the action, but somebody's shooting at her. Totally fine, you know? And she feels potentially the most professional she's felt in the entire season so far. So I'm, I'm actually really enjoying Burnham in this episode. Everyone is good here, but the sum of the parts doesn't equate to a strong storyline. That's my biggest complaint. That's why it's getting it down. It's that this is all a bit sort of fluff. It's all, you know, it, we don't really discover much about Book that we didn't already know. All right, so we know he had a different name while he was on uh, Kwai Jean. We know that, you know, family means something a little bit different here. Obviously, he and Kahim are brothers, but as Book himself says, that is a little bit deeper on this planet. And, and that's all fine, but for what seemed like in the beginning of the episode, a really exciting, worrying, we've got to get back there or divilment will ensue, it just sort of felt, I guess, a little bit flat for me. And it, it, it did feel like, it felt like the 50 minutes for this episode took a lot longer than it should have that's it my, my 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 down really is just okay we did that now one big up for me this episode is osiris ship now you'll know from previous episodes where i've spoken if if you've been watching long and if you haven't i've got a big thing for ships okay i am one of those people that put on Star Trek The Motion Picture, put on Enterprise in dry dock, and I will just blubber away for about seven or eight minutes. That is not an exaggeration. I literally have video evidence. You know, I've been a little bit on the fence about kind of detached parts of ships. I was kind of wondering what's, what's the point a little bit. Looks cool, looks cool, but kind of what's the point? But the Viridian, for me, feels really, really, I don't want to use the word cool, but I really do want to use the word cool. But it feels not just like a ship, it feels like kind of a battle station. You know, you get real angry energy off this thing. And the way that it's aligned, it's got a really nasty, really vicious look to it. I loved it. I absolutely loved that ship. So that itself gets an up from me. And there's another up in regards to this ship. So there's another up, Chris, if you're paying attention. Detmer. Detmer this week is getting an up. So this is what I mentioned when we we're talking about Rin. I wanna bring this back. Rin joins Detmer on Book's ship. Also just lovely grudge jumps into Rin's lap. Rin's clearly not a cat person. That's okay, I'm a dog person myself loved this scene. This is a culmination of Detmer's struggles throughout the season. We've seen her really battling. I mean, it is, it's, it's trauma. She has been flung into the future. And it's, it's, it's one of the things I have to say, it hasn't been handled with the most grace this season, but I really, I do appreciate the fact that they are addressing you know, that this crew has been flung into the distant future. Everyone they've ever known is dead. And they seem to be using Detmer as, you know, we can't have everybody struggling because you would never advance the story. So poor Al Detmer became the spokesperson for PTSD. 
but this episode sees her not only battle it in the beginning but face it head on as she pilots Buck's ship she takes manual control again and obviously it's symbolic for Detmer taking control of her mind again and her feelings again it's really really refreshing to see she's been she's been a character that we all want to see more of she's been a character that we've all enjoyed what we've seen of but I I hope I wasn't alone when I felt I felt yes you know when she's shooting the out of the Viridian and then back in the mess hall when she's cheering on and she cheers on Rin as well that felt good that felt a little bit like closure another up coming at you Adira and Stamets I mean is everyone just loving this little family that's building together I did like the way that they addressed so we knew starting this season that Blue Del Barrio was the first non-binary actor to or excuse me openly non-binary actor to work on Star Trek and I was a little bit confused in the first half of the season why they kept referring to them as she and I sort of took it at face value and I thought oh okay so we've addressed it in this episode and it's done without you know a big hoo-ha just Adira turns around and says they you know I haven't felt like a she I haven't felt like a he just I'm a they them and it's you know Stamis just goes okay I liked it it took me a second and let me explain that my my taking a second of it came from why are we still having this conversation in the 32nd century but it's a conversation that needs to be had very much so in the 21st century so look absolutely really really liked it love the way that Stamets and Adira and Culber are building this family unit now it's not so much it's you know not two dads and a child even though it kind of is but it isn't it is it isn't it's just really nice it's it's a lovely heartwarming story that's running through the backbone of this season now we know as well that there is a connection to the music that Grey has passed to Adira Grey has stopped speaking to Adira don't know why come on Grey be cool this is a sort of an, an up down okay up I like that the music has a point to it I like that we're getting getting to there really quickly we find out it's a signal not only that we find out it's a distress signal we triangulate it to a Starfleet ship that's lost in a nebula now does this remind anyone of a certain short trek hmm the only thing and I do have to give this down and I know I know I can hear the comments already Sean the burn is the season mystery stop being annoyed that the burn is slow burn okay I've said it slow burn why did the episode end you know we had Adira was able to find Starfleet headquarters in three seconds in a previous episode and yet it's going all the way through the night to use the exact same formula it's a small down it's a bit like you're padding it out guys you're padding it out anyway anyway to sum up the episode a little bit as I say it's a fairly inconsequential episode it's perfectly pleasant you know perfectly splendid even and it's just it's not amazing 
it's not terrible in any way. It's not a bad episode. Uh, really, really strong performances from, you know, you got Rin, you got Detmer, like Dosira. Really, really nice to meet some more members of Book's family. I like how they address that as well. It was, it was fine. It was a fine episode.